0: Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we're joined from Bogota, Colombia by Jose Contreras. He's a software engineer and project manager. He shares with me the culture of Bogota and Colombia, and we explore the future of the internet, including elaborating on what blockchain is. If you guys can't tell, I love talking to people in technology. I love picking the brains of the people who are building the future. This was a very enjoyable conversation. You can follow him on Instagram at Josh. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram at richconvos. Let's begin. All right, welcome to Rich Conversations. Today, we have another great episode. We have Jose Contreras joining us all the way from Bogota, Colombia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you very much Rich. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself for listeners and viewers?
1: Well, as you said, I'm Jose Contreras. Um, I'm a software engineer. I was born in Venezuela, but currently I'm living in Colombia. Um, I have also Colombian nationality because of my mom. She's from here, from Pereira. so it's like a a, a return back because my mom went to Venezuela in the 70s, so I'm coming back from from six years ago. Um, Yeah, I'm a software engineer working as a project manager in a software company.
0: Very nice. Um, So what's the general vibe in Bogota?
1: Well, Bogotá is a big, big city. Uh, I think it's one of the biggest cities in in Latin America. Um, It's a a cool city. I mean, it it differs from the rest of the country because it's like a a cold city. It's very very high. It's like uh, 2,600 meters above the sea level. So it's very high. It's very cold usually. Even though with the global warming, we really think it has changed a little bit. It's 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 weather. Uh, usually in January and February, it's really hot. But for example, due to the height, uh, I don't know, twenty degrees Celsius is like really hot, really hot for us. While in other cities, is cold or uh, fresh, uh, a first day. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really, really odd. For example, in Medellin, the usual temperature is like 28, 26. And the hottest day here in Bogota ever registered was 26 degrees Celsius. So, and we were burning, (laughs) actually. It was really, really hot.
0: Wow. So the elevation that Bogota has is different than the other major cities in Colombia. So it makes it kind of unique?
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, the, the fashion is different because you have to go with a sweater or a jacket and other cities are like more, uh, like uh, they say that for example, Medellin is like the city of the eternal spring because it's always, the, all this year it has the same, the, same, the same weather. So here is cold and really cold. <laughs> And some days are hot, but usually in the south, uh, winter, because usually in the winter, uh, in the south of the world, the winter is in December, January, and February. So those are the more hot days here in Bogota. But also you have to take your umbrella and your sweater because you never know if there's a cloud, then the, the weather is going to change. It's going to be cold.
0: Wow. That's interesting. So yeah. how, would, how else, uh, besides climate, would you describe the differences between um, Bogota and the other big Colombian cities?
1: Well, also as is the capital of Colombia, there's a lot of people from from inside the country. So there's a, a, a big mix of, of Colombian and Colombia has different regions. And each region is like an, an own country because they have different cultures, different costumes. A different food so you can find them all here and 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 it's really nice to see that difference and becoming like one thing in the same city so yeah. I think it's a like a, a city that integrates all Colombian culture.
0: Wow so so is it the major major city? Yes I mean it's obviously the, the capital yes, okay the, the
1: country
0: so I'm thinking the other ones are uh, median and Cali.
1: Medellin, Those are the
0: other big ones, Barranquilla, and Cali. Okay. Wow. Exactly. So what? So for
1: what? Example, Barranquilla and Medellin are cities. Barranquilla is in the coast, in the Caribbean coast. Okay. Cali is close to the Pacific coast, and Medellin is in the center of the country. Also.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a, a map right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Uh, in economic importance, I believe Medellín is the second one,
0: and okay. Barranquilla
1: is the third one, probably.
0: Which one? Uh,
1: Medellín, the second one, and Barranquilla, the third one.
0: Oh, yeah. It's weird cuz like you have like Cali by the Pacific and then yeah. uh how do you say it? Barranquilla, Barranquilla. <laughs> On the like Atlantic Ocean, yes, it's the, like it's like on a different California. side of Panama. Um, exactly. Wow. So, so Colombia has
1: a, a a lot of extension in, in in coast on the Pacific side and on the Caribbean side.
0: I didn't look this up beforehand, but where does Colombia kind of rank among like South America? exports and like gdp like i imagine brazil and argentina do a lot of exports I
1: right mean, yeah i don't know if argentina is still in in that position because you yeah. know all so political and social economic changes mm-hmm. uh but i think it's located like fourth or fifth something like that is in the first countries in latin yeah. america
0: yeah wow that's interesting So then how would you describe, okay, what are the people like in Bogota and Colombia overall?
1: People from Bogota differ a little bit from the rest of the country. Uh, I will say that it's because of the weather. Uh, But in general, people are very kind. Uh, For example, I got a friend coming from Spain. He's a Venezuelan. He's living in Spain. So he was here like for three days and he was amazed about how kind the people were and how good attention they give to the to the customers. So he, he said that he liked that uh, a lot and you can find that in all Colombia. But usually I think, for example, me being from Venezuela and being an outsider, uh, yeah. it, it's been hard to make friends because they have like their inner circles and they come from college or from high school. Um, so people are like a, a, little, a little bit closed in, in that matter, but they are nice. If you talk to someone in, in the supermarket or I don't know in the street, they are going to talk to you and they're going to be to be very nice. But um, for example, in the coast of Colombia, people are really open and they're, they're really welcoming and come here and they're integrate you to to your group. Also in Medellin yeah. or Cali, the so-called Paisas, um, they are like super welcoming and super attentive with people. So that, I think that will be the, the main difference.
0: How would you describe the, like, cultural differences between Venezuela and Colombia? Yes.
1: Yes and no. I think that once we were the same country, we were called like Gran Colombia. It was Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. So we were, we were like brothers and, and siblings. Actually, we had very similar costumes, very similar food. Uh, the attitude of the people is very similar, Uh, but Venezuelan people are more like uh, people from the coast, from the Caribbean coast, because Venezuela is also a Caribbean country. So even sometimes you confuse the accent from from Barranquilla with Venezuelans. Uh, So we are really similar to them. Not that much with Bogota, people from Bogota, but for example, um, from San Cristobal in Venezuela, that's a city in the mountains, in the Andes, Venezuelan Andes. So we are more like Bogotá people. And so it's like a, a, a mix of it. But I think that overall, we are really similar countries. We said, Colombia's and Venezuela, we are siblings. And we are really, really similar.
0: Wow. Um, I know a number of uh, Venezuelans, and it seems like uh, a lot of Venezuelans are living kind of like all over yeah. now. Uh, where have you found like a lot of your friends or people that you know, where Where do they live mainly now if they have left the country?
1: Well, there are six millions of Venezuelans out of Venezuela. Uh, we were a country of 30 million people. Now there are like 25, 24 million people in, in Venezuela. So yeah, there's a lot of people in all the world. Really, um, I have friends, I mean, in Canada, United States, Mexico, um, Panama, Chile, Peru, Spain, uh, France, England, so a-, a lot of places, Argentina, yeah, yeah all a lot of places.
0: All right, so you're in Colombia. What, you, what do you think people value the most there?
1: Yeah, family here, oh. I think it's something in all the latin culture that we we value family a lot uh, for example now in december they have a, a costume to do i don't know what will be the name in english it's like uh, some praise that you do to baby jesus uh, and okay. it's called novenas novenas de Aguinaldo. so it's okay. something that you do in december and it, it starts on december 16th until december 24th that is the day that uh, baby jesus born in the midnight uh, so people gather together and they pray and sing and they share food. So it's a, it's a really good costume that, that we have, but it's part of what, what people values. I mean, being with the family, being with the people you love. Um, I think people here also are very identified with being Colombian. And I think it's a, a country that has struggled a lot with a lot, of, a lot of things that happened, I mean the, the Gorilla and all the stuff, and they are like getting out of that a little bit, and, and I think that they they have really strong identity uh, with with them, and I will say music and sports. I mean football here is
0: is crazy. <laughs> you ever yeah. gone to like a match, a match there, a game, uh, a matcher? Yeah, have you ever gone to a football game there?
1: Not here. No, actually okay. not. I, I'm, I'm not fan of football. Okay. Um, but uh, the first time I came here in Colombia was actually on the World Cup. Uh, well, oh, you okay. call it soccer, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I was here in the World Cup in the first uh, stage. So I could see three matches and, <laughs> and it was crazy because all of them uh, Colombia won. So the, the streets were crazy. All this, the I don't know public places, the parks, people were there gathered together in watching big screens, and they, they were celebrating. And so that went, that was one of the things that made me calm. Like the joy of the people, uh, it was really, really nice. You, you feel a like good energy for, for that.
0: Nice. What so? What like sights and sounds and smells does Bogota Bogota have? Or remind you.
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of smoke here, so oh, okay.
0: uh, you can see
1: that. Um, but I think right now it, it occurs to me to bread. <laughs> I'm living over a bakery, so every nice. every afternoon they bake some some bread. Uh, but there's a lot of food variety here, and in, in like a lot of business are related with food, like restaurants. Uh, mini bars that sell food. I don't know, like, I mean, like food is really important here also. So I will say food, anywhere you can go, you can find a restaurant and you can find a good place to eat. So diver- I mean, best kind of food. It has like those smells and, and those bikes.
0: Oh, I bet, I bet. Well, how do you get around the city? What do you use for transportation?
1: Well, I have a car uh okay. because i love driving but usually the traffic here is really really heavy uh so actually you i can take my car out during weekdays uh, one day i can one day also because there's a lot of traffic so you are like only three or two days during weekdays you can take out your car depending on, on your uh, plate number really you know, yeah. So, for example, on even days, if your car is played and it's on even day, you can or on even number, you cannot take out your car from one time to another time. So it's like yeah. hard to take out your car. So usually yeah. I don't, I don't go out those days. Here, there's a transport system called Transmilenio that is just like a massive bus system, and there is okay. like lanes only for for it, but. Uh, they are starting to build the first line of the subway. It's not going to be a subway because it's going to be on the air, so it's going to be like a, a metro. I don't know how. You, how can you Okay.
0: Call that. So, is there is there a train system now, or are they're building that?
1: Bogotá, there is no train system. There is okay. a train, but it's like a an old train that goes out of the city and takes like a central station, but few people use it. I mean, it's like.
0: we said a you said subway. So
1: they're building a subway, or. I said subway, but it's not. It's not underground. It's going to be on oh, the. Okay.
0: Air. Okay. We have something like that in Chicago. Where it's oh, not okay. underground. It's like elevated.
1: Yeah, and you call it subway. Also.
0: We call it the L, because it's L. an ele- elevated track. Yeah. Ah.
1: Oh, okay. Cool. The L.
0: So everybody calls it the L.
1: <laughs> on that. So, yeah.
0: So if someone were to have a few days to spend in Bogota and the area, what would you recommend them doing?
1: Well, um, I, I I made like a little tour to this friend I, I told you in the beginning. So it was on Sunday and there's a market, like a flea market in Usaken. Um It's like a little old town inside the city. Uh, and near to that is like a financial area of the city. So it's like a construct, con- contrast there. Uh, But there's a flea market that you can go there. There's also a lot of restaurants and a lot of little bars that you can go there. Uh, It's really nice. It's a square in a a church. Uh, You can take nice photos there. Uh, Then you can go to La Candelaria. Uh, It's a place in downtown. It's also Bolívar Square there. It's like a government palace and the uh, Bogotas Cathedral. Uh, it's also a nice place, a touristic place, so you can see a lot of people because, like, a street is only for people working. And there's a lot of, like, um, informal com- uh, commerce, like, people selling things in, in, oh, in yeah. art and selling, like, traditional food on the street. Um, so that's interesting to go. And you can go also, there's, like, in La Candelaria, there's a place called Chorro de Quevedo, so it's like a little square, I think it was, I don't know if it was the first square or one of the first squares in, in Bogota, Bogota, so it's also a good place to, to go, and you can go to Montserrat, That that is a mountain, it's like a 3,100 meters over sea level, and you can go there by, I don't know what is the name, um, I have, let me check. On my translator, uh, on cableway or on funicular.
0: Is it? Uh, it's like this that goes up in the mountains. The, that
1: like- that's the funicular. Yeah, actually, that's the view from for for the funicular going up going down I don't know. <laughs> that and is beautiful have, it's yeah it's amazing you can see most of the city from there because the city is really big so you can you cannot see all the city but you can see most of the city like half of it a little bit more than, than half yeah and it's a great view so in the mountain there's like a church and it's called Church of Montserrat and you can go to, to yeah to, to the church there and you can have a beautiful uh, view of the city i would recommend to go around 4 30, 5 p.m because usually here at 6 p.m 6 10 it uh, is the sunset so you can see the city oh, cool. if, during the day you can see the sunset and then the city in the night and both views all the views are,
0: are going to be beautiful do you ever go hiking do people go hiking in the mountain
1: yeah there is a a road or a way that you can go, and are stairs that you can go up. Once I did it, almost because of the height, you, you I mean, you take your breath out, I and mean, you're without breath. There's not much oxygen here, and it took me like a one hour and seven minutes to go from the top to the from the bottom to the top of the mountain. It's like two kilometers away.
0: Wow. What you said the elevation's like uh, 2000? 3000 and 3000. Wow.
1: Meters. I don't know how that in, in feet.
0: That's a lot. Something I got to get used to is like translating uh, Celsius to Fahrenheit yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> meters, meters to feet and yards. Uh, interesting. So So, okay. So you're a software engineer. What sparked your yep. interest in software engineering originally?
1: I don't know, probably a, 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 a course that I did when I was like seven years old and I started to love computers. Then as I ha- I, I went well in that course, my, my father bought me a computer It was like four eight, six. I mean, it wasn't a Pentium even. I was like eight years old when I got that. And I started for play, using for playing and also like doing, I don't know, using DOS operating system and I was like really into it and that, that was one option when I was in high school there was like a high school specialization in software and I did it then I joined college in that so I don't know I think uh, I'm very structured and person and I always love maths and physics and all that stuff so I think it was like a, a good match for me
0: yeah software engineering
1: yeah. And so after I, I, I mean, after I finished my uh, college and I started working on, I mean, web pages. I was a PHP developer, and to see what I was able to build and something that people use, I think that was really good for me. I mean, like, really more motivating. You felt that what you were working on has like some meaning, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are not saving the world, <laughs> but it's something that people use. Something that people can see, and and it was was really cool.
0: Do you find so? So it's uh, you're engineering. You're using math. You're using um, computer. You're using computers. Do you find that a lot of the stuff that you do is transferable to like? United States or Asia or is like software engineering Global, this the same globally or
1: exactly yeah I mean is the same code is the same language I mean you when you do uh, uh, an application or software you're doing it with a language called Java PHP. Uh, net whatever so is it's a language that you build I mean you build something with that language. And whether you are from Singapore, from Argentina, from Venezuela, for Europe, you are using the same language to build something. So it's not going to change. It's the same language, uh, and everyone who wants to build something that has to use that language. So yeah, I mean it, it's the same all over the world. All it's over not going
0: the world. So what what do you like building in particular? Is there any like uh, particular stuff you like to build?
1: Well, currently I'm working as a project manager. I stopped being a developer years ago, but I love you know, develop developing web pages and websites, websites in general, web applications. And like four years ago, I started using some you know, you know, framework called Ionic that you could build mobile application. That was really, really nice for me. It was like a... a a cool thing to learn because, I don't know, you learn a lot about how the cell phone works and receiving notifications and working with the GPS and the maps and, I don't know, you know like code bars and all that stuff. So it was, it was nice to, to do that.
0: So in the information age that we, uh, we live in, what would you say the role of software engineers are and how do you see it evolving over the next like 20 years?
1: I mean, is the world. Uh, if you think 25 years ago when the web started, uh, things were really different. Now you use web for everything, you use internet for everything. Uh, you have now mobile applications and, and you can order food just with some tabs in, on, on your cell phone. So I think it's really important for, for, for the world It's part of the evolution and uh, as a human race, you know, uh, uh, as a species. And, um, now with the blockchain and, and all that stuff, I mean, things are changing really, really fast. And I don't know, I think, I believe 10 or 11 years ago, there was like the first iPhone that was like really basic and now you have something that is almost better than your computer. Yeah.
0: And
1: yeah, so <laughs> I think that... that This is uh, something that can help improve the quality of life, uh, of people's uh, lives. Not only entertaining or, I don't know, but actually in in health, in medicine, there's a lot of of devices that use software, uh, air control and traveling and everything. You use software, software for everything. So it's going to help make things easier every time more.
0: You mentioned blockchain. Can you can you describe blockchain to me a little more?
1: Wow, that's really complex.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't even If it's complex for you, else. it's even more but complex it's really for me.
1: Complex, yeah. Uh, it's blockchain is like a decentralized network um, that is built to many things. I mean, the idea of the internet is probably in the beginning that it was something decentralized, but governments had started to centralize it and regulate it. Blockchain, you cannot regulate it because it's not on one server, it's on everyone's uh, machine. I mean, the people who are uh, lending their machines to, to do blockchain operations. So it's like, I don't know how, how, how to how to say what I understand that is blockchain because I, I, I can, I can really say, but it's like a tool that helps um, people to do operations in a way that it's open and everyone can see what is going on in there. You know, uh, because it builds like blocks that several machines validate, so several machines has those information. So it's not in a server like currently. For example, Facebook, it, it's on different servers and you connect to those servers. No, now it's in each people computer and everyone who's on the blockchain has information that you everybody can see. So is it
0: like is it like like say it's like having your own personal like identity or data on a blockchain and you can take it as like a package everywhere you go. So like you don't have to input your say personal information every single place on every single like website. You just like take your identity or your information and data and interact with the internet. Not
1: necessarily personal information. But I'm going to explain it this way. I don't know. For example, if you connect to Gmail to uh-huh. check your, your, your email, so you go to gmail.com and what you are doing is connecting to a server that's mm. located in a specific part and that server is just a computer that gives you the information that it has stored. So, I mean, you log in with your login, your account, whatever, and they give you the information. That's like a usually what... Web works, so blockchain is uh, more related to transactions. So, for example, uh, I'm going to sell you something. I'm going yeah. to send you I don't know that mock that you have there, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to sell this mock to Rich, and I'm going to sell it at that price, and he's going to pay me in that way, and I don't know other several. Uh, info. So to do that transaction, uh, several computers has to validate that transaction, saying, "Okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Okay, 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 okay." So ten computers say, "Okay." So all of them have the information that I am going to sell or I sold you that mock, mm. that it's written on the blockchain, and everyone who is in that blockchain have access to that information. See, for example, it's not for example. Uh, um, if I sell my house right now, uh, I can go. I have to go to a government establishment so I can find, sign a paper, and only they know. Only they validate that the transaction was done. No, here there are several computers that validate that the transaction was done. So it's decentralized because there, there is no uh, entity that Says if it happened, if it's cool or not. There are okay. several entities that it's on the blockchain and it's open. So they are the ones who validate it.
0: Something So, so it's yeah. almost like. Uh, okay, so you use the word decentralized. So okay. it's like. What happens between us, we can just have it and then have it validated by the blockchain, this open source thing, rather than having to like, hey, I want to do this transaction with you. We have to go over here for approval, get paperwork over here. It's just like mo- more instant and more. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: What? What is the, the, uh, the advantage of it? For example, I don't know. One thing that it occurs to me, uh, in some places there are, Issues because people are faking their titles of the college, and they say that they are engineers, and they actually didn't study whatever. So, as it is a centralized establishment that say that these people are really engineers or not, it's really difficult for I don't know 10,000 people validate that that title is from that entity. So, if we have, for example, uh, titles on blockchain, and we say that rich, I don't know, it's engineer, because he graduated, you just can go to the blockchain and validate it. And it's true because it's there and several um, machines validated that that was was true.
0: So is this um, incorporating like machine learning and like AI and data algorithms to like validate it or? uh... No, that's different. That's
1: other kind of stuff. But it's like several computers that validate information, validate transactions, and that store those transactions and they keep stored in the blockchain. You cannot delete it. It's going, it's going to be there always.
0: So do you feel like blockchain is going to be, a, a, if it's not already, like a really big thing?
1: It's a big thing. I mean, it's like a, for me, it's like as important as web, when web started. I mean, really? yeah, and right now, I don't know if you have heard about NFTs.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's the boom right now, and people are making millions and millions of dollars with that, and also with currencies and mining currencies, uh, cryptocurrencies, and yielding also currencies, I mean, yielding blockchains. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that people are doing now in blockchain that we don't even know, and it's like moving so fast, so fast that when you try to do something, it's like, ah, uh, it's already late. We, we are over that. We are now doing this. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's going to be massive for I me. Mean, the thing is that as it's really complex to understand. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> yeah. So people are not, like, uh, into it, but I think that people are, are going to learn probably the next steps are making it easier so everybody understands and everybody can join. Um, I think that that for me, that will be the, the next step.
0: So do you feel like uh, new things that are happening on blockchain will make life easier and simpler and allow us to make quicker, better decisions overall?
1: I believe so, yeah. I believe so. I think that that when something is so complicated but brings so many advantages, I think that the next step is try to make it uncomplicated, and try yeah. to get people more into it. So there are a lot of applications now built on blockchain, and probably they building like protocols or uh, applications that will make your um, interaction with blockchain be easier for you and easier for people to, to understand.
0: Okay. What other what other technologies are you aware of that you think will be like bigger or like will help you build software better and easier?
1: I don't know, probably every every time there's going to be a new framework that's going to be easier, that's going to be um, like give more advantages and for example, there's something called augmented, augmented coding that is going to be something that helps a lot to the developers to code easier and also to have like uh, natural language to code. I mean, because coding is like having instructions and say, for example, I don't know, uh, A plus B equals this and then the next line is, I mean, it's like a series of instructions so, but it's like you have to know the language, as I was saying before, to make those instructions. So probably the next step is that everyone, everyone can code in another language, and you know, when to code. Also, is is something that that it, it, it's uh, like growing really fast.
0: So, do you so- have to? Do you have to like learn all these languages or do you know, like, so say the technology keeps getting better and better. Do you have to then like retrain yourself on a, like a, a, learn how to code or learn the language for like the new, or is everything starting to like build on top of each other where your the language you need to know, like it becomes simplified in a way you have to learn.
1: You have to learn okay. every new language that's coming, okay. uh, that's coming up. Because, for example, right now, well, I believe that JavaScript is one of the most famous. So there has been, like, a different frameworks from JavaScript. A framework is like a, a set of uh, functions and libraries that help you build bigger and more robust software in, in an easy, easier way. So, for example, like... 2007, I started, there was something called jQuery. In 2012, it was Angular. Now it's React. Now Vue is coming out. So you have to learn. You have to learn all that. Okay. What's, the, what, what's the thing that when you learn coding, you learn the logic of it. I mean, the first okay. thing that you've been taught in university is learn algorithms, how to make algorithms. So you have the logic. And when you have the logic and when you have years working on a language, it's going to be easier to learn a new language. For example, the last time I, I, I called, I told you that I was, going, I was working with Ionic. And I mean, I had like three years without coding. And it was easier for me to learn because I had that experience before, that, that previous experience. Okay. It was something new. So, I mean, it's an ability that you're gaining with the years. And even if, if you have to learn a new language, but the logic that you have to apply to build something is probably going to be the same so
0: Mm, interesting
1: yeah and also google helps a lot with that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so so you had mentioned like web applications and uh you know writing or creating software for all these different um like everything we use there's so many things i use Software, what do you see? How do you see it advancing even more beyond just like an iPhone application, like software to make stuff do in an iPhone? Like, what what is beyond like the iPhone or like software in some of these things you today? Saw
1: the movie Wally? I have not. What do you have to see it? I know. I need movie. to
0: watch more movies.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for me, something like that, something like, I mean, you don't even have to do anything because software is going to do everything for you. For example, um, in cars, you know, that now uh, cars have a ship that they use and they have software that helps. And they have a lot of sensors that measure things and they give you the information. For example, now Mercedes has something that's called MBUX, and you can talk to the, to the car. and, Hey Mercedes, uh, please close the I don't know the windows, uh, or Hey Mercedes, I'm cold, so it hits uh, the the temperature it, it's up. So uh, you can use it, and anywhere, anything that you you that you imagine. And I think that that's the future. I mean, I think that for example now the Morix. I, I don't know if that's the call the right word. It's called domotica in in Spanish, but it's like. Uh, making your home like a smart home uh, so you can close the windows with a with with a I don't know with, with a call there. please google Hey, google close the window and there's a like um, smart bolts for, uh-huh. for like and you connect it to the wi-fi and if you are i don't know in europe in you're talking, okay i'm going to turn this on so people think that i'm at, at house and all that kind of stuff i mean it looks like like minimal things but it's going to make our life easier in some way, and if there's not a need that we have, they're going to find it and make it a need
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what are your favorite devices like what do you around your apartment like what 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 like uh technology devices or digital devices do you use and love?
1: My cell phone <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I control everything from there. Uh, I can have meetings in there. I can write in there. I can use it as a computer. I can, I mean, I, I think that I'm nothing without my, without my cell phone. I'm, I'm really attached to it.
0: What kind of phone do you have?
1: I have Samsung S21 Ultra.
0: Okay. Why do you choose Android over iOS?
1: Here in I mean here in Latin America, uh, Android is more is like uh, more famous than, than iOS. People I mean people use iOS, but it usually it's cheaper. So there's a lot of devices here that at Android um, and iOS is more like having a status. And um, what I don't like of iOS is that it's like a really closed system. So it's going to be hard to use it with different brands and different other stuff. So it's only iOS or Apple.
0: So, so you, me, you're an engineer. You like to customize everything to make it optimal to your yeah, liking, right? Exactly.
1: I like, uh, yeah, and if it's something new, so for example, I, I have like a Huawei uh, smart, uh, smartwatch and my cell phone was Samsung and my AirPods watch Xiaomi. So, I mean, it was like different stuff. Right now, yeah. I have everything from Samsung because I love Samsung. Uh, but it gives you the opportunity to, yeah, to connect with other technologies and to pair your devices with other brands, not only yeah. with the same brand. I mean, I, I'm not saying that iOS is worse or bad because it's a good system. I mean, it's a really strong and, and, and reliable uh, uh, iOS and, and system. But I prefer Android. I believe that. They are innovating usually, they are the ones that innovate. And the last couple of years, iOS is like just catching up.
0: Okay. I feel that. It's my belief. So what, besides your phone, what, what like piece of uh, electronics, what electronics do you like? Like a, like a speaker or TV or a smart, smart watch something, smart (laughs) watch? Yeah, because
1: when I'm far from my, from my phone, I can manage everything from here. Also, well, I'm in this uh, fitness wave that after the pandemics, I have to walk some many steps and burn that many calories. So I have here in my phone, how many calories I have in my smartwatch, how many calories I have burned, how many steps I have done, and how many minutes I have been active. So I have this information here, and I, okay, I have to exercise more, or I can rest, so, yeah, I'm also attached to my uh, smartwatch and my earbuds.
0: That's what I hear most about uh, smartwatches is people, people like them either because they're away from their phone and they can do stuff still. But also like fitness, like fitness yeah. seems to be a huge driver of smartwatches. Yeah. How do you see like smartwatches expanding their uses? Like what do you imagine potential uses becoming?
1: Probably, probably in the future, they can substitute cell phones. And I don't know, you have a hologram and you can test here. I don't know. Probably because, I mean, it's smaller, it's practical, and it's easier. For example, one day I was washing the dishes and I received a phone call. So I was here and I was like, okay, let's test it. And I received the call from the watch and I was like speaking like, I don't know, Super 86 Eighty Six yeah i i don't know and i was doing everything so yeah and i didn't have to stop washing the dishes dry my hands and grab the phone so i did it all from 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 the watch so probably depending on if they find the technology to do it and make it easier and to user friendly probably it can substitute the phone maybe
0: yeah user friendliness interesting yeah um In your line, in like your discipline, are there any trends that you've noticed within business or society?
1: Well, as I said, right now I'm working as a project manager, so it's like working methodologies and all the stuff like agile, etc. But in software in general, I think that data science is something that's becoming really, really, really big. Uh, AI. Internet of Things, and blockchain are the main things that are the main topics that are, are, are coming right now. I mean, also test automation is something that's becoming really big. Um, yeah, and yeah, each time there's a bigger need of uh, software engineers, of developers. Uh, I mean, I think it's something that it's never going to be filled up the 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 amount of engineers that there there are are need for for software industry
0: yeah it seems like it's a it's a field that is just only gonna grow grow, way more expansive yeah and and probably teaching uh young individuals earlier and earlier how to code and how to do things like that right
1: yeah, exactly. I think that that will be a, a good opportunity. And overall here in Latin America that we are uh, countries in, in development, I think that that could be a good way to, to I don't know, to activate economy. Yeah. Uh, because, for example, look at what's going on in California. California is a really big state with big uh, economics and some part of that is because of software. So that's something that, that we call implement here but unfortunately politicians don't see that
0: mm. really what how do you think they see it they don't they don't look at software the same well obviously the same way as you because you're in it but yeah.
1: I think that they don't see it because they don't know how to get money from that I'm sorry to say that but here usually in Latin America if politicians don't get money from something it's not worth it so, um, well, this is a, that is going to, through another topic that is politics, uh, but unfortunately here, politics are not for the people and for the country, they are for their own interests and for having mm. power or having money and general, yeah. those kind of thing. So it, it's, it's a shame because we have here a lot of potential. We have here a, a lot of smart people a lot of people that want to create the startups to grow, to, to make enterprises, but it's really difficult uh, to create a company uh, with the taxes and all the stuff. So mm, it, it, it's hard to, to do that. And I think, for example, something that has benefited from the pandemic is actually that in the United States, they are hiring people from Latin America and as they don't find it. I mean, they don't find people in the United because there are a lot of need of software engineers. So they come here to Latin America to find people and they are hiring engineers here in Latin America. So they, the salaries are increasing here in, in the software environment. Uh, but you you pay the health here that what they pay in, in, in America. So it's a win-win uh, relationship. Um, and I think that we can explore more people or make more people start coding and start learning about that because I know a lot of people that didn't go to college or study a different subject and they are right now. Yeah, coding.
0: yeah I think that's, that's going to be a more um, more of a priority is uh, I think starting with the pandemic is like prioritizing skills over like anything else it's like we need people to do this where can we find people it doesn't matter if the united states we can find the people anywhere in the world that have these particular skills and like hire them and work with them remotely because we do have the technology that we have now i mean we're even Talking to each other. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're on other sides of the equator and we're like talking to each other and not having any technical problems. It's like it's pretty pretty interesting the world right now, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they realize that and they 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 say that what's going to be affected is the travel industry because now you they realize that they don't need to travel that much to have meetings and all this stuff. So probably uh, airplane tickets are going to, <laughs> to rise a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so many interesting. Yeah. The life life is pretty interesting right now. The world. Um, yeah. Do you have... Have
1: really
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you have. Yeah. Uh, do you have. Any influences like like three people or things that have influenced your outlook on life, whether they're people, books, art, film. Any other pieces, pieces of, of art, art mediums?
1: mediums? I do I the movies regularly. Actually, that's one, was one of the things that, that I miss the most during the pandemics. Um, so I get influenced a lot by that and by some shows that I see and all that stuff. Uh, for example, one of the movies that influenced me the most, even though I have seen it like only two or two times. Uh, I don't know the exact name is like uh, The Incredible Adventures of Walter Mitty. I don't know if you have heard of it. We, what is it? The uh, Adventures uh, of... Walter Mitty. Cool. So it's about a guy who was like self-involved in his work and he's like all his routine and all the stuff. So he was working in, in Time magazine, I believe. So it was going to be the last edition of Time because the company was going to close, something like that. And he had to find the perfect picture for the cover. And he had like the best photography, photographer in the world. He has to find him. So in order to do that, he has to go out of his, of his comfort zone and travel and do things that he'd never imagined he would do. So it's like really inspiring. And it makes you think that sometimes you are like really into your comfort zone that you are like doing the same stuff like and sometimes you get bored, but you don't know what's going on in your life. And sometimes you just need to leave to go out to learn to meet people to meet new places. So I think I don't know if it's because of the movie, but I love to have new experiences, even if it's meeting a new restaurant a new bar a new park a new town close to the city so i think that that kind of things make you live i mean you live i mean you you can measure your life with the kind of the amount of experiences you have had if you live in the same place all the time what is your experience
0: yeah yeah you're more likely to have an experience stepping outside of your apartment than you are just like grinding away in your own apartment. I'm saying that to myself because that's what I've been doing lately and I need to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's a good one. So The Life Adventures of Walter Minchie.
1: Mitty, I think he's, let let me check uh, here. What is the exact name of the movie? Walter, I think it's M I T T Y. Incredible life of Walter Mitty. It's M I T T Y.
0: Cool. Is it a um, Colombian film or? No, it's Ben
1: Stiller. It's oh American really
0: film. interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, Ben Stiller, Kristen Wiig, and Sean Penn.
0: cool um okay who are three musical artists that are in your heavy rotation recently
1: wow this i, I with this spotify uh, summary that it does at the, at the end of the year yeah the raps yeah that yeah it made me realize that my taste in music has changed a lot since i came to into colombia <laughs> yeah because usually i was used to listen to pop music in English in rock in pop music in English now it's like only reggaeton
0: oh dude I love reggaeton
1: reggaeton. (laughs) so I think the first one was J Balvin yeah I love J Balvin and Maluma these are three Colombian artists they are from Medellin and I don't know I I can't help uh, stop listening to them I I like the beat and it's like yeah I mean you're happy uh, you're not melancholy you're not sad it's like oh your cool
0: so J, you said J Balvin, uh, Maluma. What was the second one? Carol G. Oh, Carol G. Carol yeah. G. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you heard of her? Yeah, I have. Okay.
0: I uh yeah, I I listen to some reggaeton for sure. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's nice. cool now.
0: I'm um, I'm seeing that this
1: is like a like breaking boundaries. I I've seen a lot of, of American singers singing with people yeah. who sings reggaeton. For example, Jay lo with Maluma and Madonna with Maluma, and, uh, Nicki Minaj with Carl G, Johnson with J Balvin, and I don't know. Probably it's like you know, like making more integration with both cultures, Latin Latin yeah. culture and American culture. I mean, we, we are yeah. in the same continent. Well, for us, it's the same continent, and, yeah. and we should be more integrated. So, I think that that's a good thing that's coming up from that.
0: Yeah, I see that too. Uh, I see like uh, it's like sounds in the world starting to blend and collaborate together in a way. Like I definitely see that with because in the United States too, there's a very large Latin population, so it makes sense that uh, like a lot of um, like Spanish Spanish songs or like Spanish speaking songs, sp- Spanish language songs would come here to the United States and they would collaborate uh, commercially. I also see it with Korea, like Korea, like K-pop is more popular Mm -hmm. in the United States. So like United States pop now is becoming more like expansive and uh, worldly. It's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think that the United States is like a like a center of all culture. I mean, there are a lot of people from a lot of places in the world. So you have like a big mix of everything so i think it's normal and also you are like a big influence to other countries so that i think that that's something
0: good yeah uh i like asking this question the most of like any questions i ask us what are you curious about recently
1: curious nfts
0: (laughs) nfts
1: yeah i think that a lot of people are making a lot of money with that so i th- i see something complex but not as complex as i don't know cryptocurrencies okay. so i'm learning more a little bit about that and, and i think that um, something good can 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 come from from that i don't know and i don't know if probably it's a boom it's i don't know if it's something that's going to take to stay for a while but I think it's something that you have to look up to, to, to see what, what can happen with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: what's the best airport you've experienced?
1: Oh, I think probably Madrid Airport. Madrid? It's really, really, yeah, it's really, really big. Uh, it was like the first big airport I, I met while traveling. I mean after colombia and dominican republic i went to madrid so it was like really 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 big and it has like this train i mean in the united states there's a lot of airports with train, but for me it was like a new experience like in the same airport having a little train to go to another station another terminal yeah. uh, but i think it, it it's i don't know how to say it but it's, it's like cool it's beautiful i mean like it's built in a way that you can you see oh my god this uh, this is a nice place it's not like just an airport to be an airport you know yeah and I also think that Bogota's airport is really nice I think it's really modern it's big it's a big airport and you can be surprised and it's it's like a good entry to the city because I don't know probably many people may think that Colombia is like a I don't know jungle or something like that but it's like uh, you go to the airport and you can be amazed, like, wow, this is really big and, and it's nicely done. And it's like a looks like a luxury airport. So for me, it's a, it's a nice one. And the VIP salon from Bogota Airport is another experience.
0: Wow. I got to check out Bogota. I've, I've done the Madrid. The first time I left the country or uh, traveled okay. outside the United States, it was Spain and I flew into Madrid. And okay. I remember, I don't remember too much about it was like four years ago and um i remember these like like colorful it was like yeah yeah it was, it was like colorful in this walkway but i remember it was like my first time out of the country and it was by myself and i don't know spanish so <laughs> like the woman sitting next to me on the plane she like basically just i followed her and i was just, so i was very unaware of like everything else i was okay. just trying to make make sure she wasn't out of my sight so she could show me where to go and how to get out. <laughs> so I need to yeah. go back to Madrid and check out the airport.
1: Yeah, actually it has like a place, like a roof with a lot of uh, lamps and it's like really nice. I actually has I have a photo of that in my Instagram. But it's, yeah. it was in 2012, something like that. I mean, a long time ago, nine years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it has like it, its places and it's like, I don't know, it's different. The roof also has like a, I don't know, we are way, I don't know, it is kind of different.
0: Cool. Uh, well, my last question for you before we head out here is, what's something you're excited about for the next two years?
1: The end of the pandemics? <laughs> yeah. I mean, here there's uh, some restrictions yet. You have to go with the with the mask, mask on and all the stuff. Um. But I would like to see like the the final changes of how it affects people, you know, we as a society, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to see that. I would like to, to see what what came from that. Now you can see some stuff, for example, that we were talking about that you don't need to travel to have these meetings and people yeah. realize that technology can be a, a good bridge for communication and But I don't know. I I, I mean, in the in the social way, how can we help each other? How can we manage the situation? Yeah. Allegedly, there are people saying that another pandemics are going to come. So, if we are going to be more prepared for that, I hope not. But (laughs) I I mean, I don't. I hope not. Yeah. Not any pandemics in the future. So So, yeah, certainly. Like a social change from 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 the pandemics.
0: Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been been great talking with you and learning more about Columbia and uh, talking about the future of like with software engineering software. <laughs> it's exciting. Thank yeah, you. Thank
1: you for inviting me in anytime.
0: Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Jose on Instagram at OPORJosh. Have a reflective day and think more about how you'll position yourself for the future.